Before that episode begins, please note there will be some cursing or other expletives. I think like this little thing now of doing the cooking really by myself and really kind of getting back back to cooking, you know, like I that's I guess sounds kind of cheesy, but back into making all the pasta doughs and you know, it's not like, hey, uh, Emily, make the pasta dough and then I will roll it out. And it's now it's every single thing passes through my hands. And it means a lot. Like it's if somebody says something fucking stupid about your food like you know shit really hurts man i'm emily talco and you're listening to eat st louis a student life production today you'll hear chef anthony devotee of jay devotee discuss with utmost honesty his take on the food industry anthony devotee the chef owner of jay devotee trattoria jay devotee is over by the hill this restaurant has a special place in my heart. My freshman year at WashU, for basically every meal, I ate at the dining hall on the South 40, affectionately known as BD. For the large majority of my meals, I paid for my food with the same woman, Barbara. As the year went on, we got to know each other from talking almost every day. By the end of the year, we grew so close that we were determined to taste the world and try different restaurants in St. Louis together. So we went to Peace Maker in Soulard to experience Maine, and then Brasserie in the Central West End to experience France. And one of my absolute favorites was Jay Devotee, where we experienced Italy. So talking to Anthony gave me an even greater sense of the behind the scenes at one of my most heartfelt St. Louis restaurants. We began by talking about how he got involved in the food industry. I like to cook and I like to travel. So I was like, oh, you can do. Everybody needs to eat and travel and stuff. It all fits very good together, you know. Was there like an event that sparked that or just a general interest? I think just a general interest. I think that kind of going through, like getting ready to go to college, and I didn't want to go to college. Like, I, it just was not my deal. I was good with school. I like school. Like, I enjoyed school. Um, but I liked seeing my friends is what I really liked, you know. And so I traveled, went to Europe, and then came home and was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue cooking, like, after school. That was my deal. Anthony had been working in restaurants, bussing tables, and washing dishes since he was 16. And then there was a point where he got serious about wanting to be a chef. But he explains that at the time... Not a lot of people were like driven to be chefs. Like There was a lot of people who maybe worked at Hardee's, let's say, and they are McDonald's, and they, if they finished a course, they got a raise. So you were in culinary school with a lot of people who were just maybe going to for a little bit of career advancement, not necessarily to be a really, really good chef. Like That was my thing. So to get serious about cooking, Anthony moved from St. Louis to... New York City. I lived there for a couple of years, and I went to culinary school there. And I worked at La Tour. Uh, it was the, where I did my apprenticeship and studied. Uh, moved back to St. Louis, did some kind of line cook things for a minute, and then like kind of pursued being a chef and like going after sous chef jobs. So I did that for a couple of years. So I moved to San Francisco. So I lived in San Francisco for a couple of years, and then moved from there back to St. Louis to open... It was five bistro at the time. Anthony started off what is now Jay Devotee over at the Grove. He explained that the Grove back then is not what the Grove is today. It was pretty unsafe and not a lot of businesses were there. They moved to the hill where they are now and he explains how the restaurant plateaued for a year. I mean, we were doing good money and it was very predictable and whatever, whatever, but it got fucking boring. Like, and this is like, this business is, too, it can, is so boring. If you let like, the same menus all the time. It's 
monotonous and it's shitty and it's not real cooking. You know, we were always, I mean, I was always changing the menus and stuff, but it was just like nothing new was happening. A lot of the fun stuff that I used to do, I don't really do anymore. I don't go to farmer's markets. We weren't really getting any new business. The people in the neighborhood, I don't even think knew that we were here. You know, there's a lot of people I think today who still don't know that we're here. As a result of this monotony, they switched things up a bit. And so we changed to kind of make it more Italian. Like we started doing more pizzas and pastas and we make everything in-house. I thought this was super interesting. I also admire Anthony's commitment to -to farm-to-table food in spite of the hassle and the costs. That's the way we've all, uh, like, since I've started, that was my thing. You know, it's like, uh, that's what we're going to do. That's how you eat. That's, I've, I've always kind of said that's being a proper chef, you know, knowing where your food comes from, cooking your food, you know, uh, there's a lot to be said by yanking stuff out of the freezer and tossing it in the fryer, you know. That's not cooking, you know. There's no mixing and mashing and, you know, with some sort of xanthan gum, you know, to bind. You know what I mean? Like, none of that crap. Like, we don't need that, you know. The, the, the vegetable can do its thing. It's there. It's beautiful. Let it fucking work for you. I was also super curious about how Anthony breaks down the monotony that he mentioned earlier. So now I do other stuff. Build tables. I make rolling pins, uh, do a lot of woodworking. I like woodworking. Um, I've always loved to garden. So gardening has always been a part of what we've done here. I love that style, like putting it in the ground, tomato ripening, whatever it is, and just watching it grow and do its thing and then picking it and eating it. And that's, that's cooking, like through and through. We then moved on to talking about the practicality of finding passion in work. I would have to say... Like, if you have to sit there and think about it without being like, yes, you know, yeah, it's fading for sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, like, and not in a negative way. It's just, this business is really fucking hard. Like, it's really hard. Day in and day out. And I started when I was 15, and I'm 44. And then, in all honesty, like, I have a great crew. I do. But to get to this point of having a great crew, there was a lot of shitheads that came through the door. Like, proper shitheads. Anthony then talked about the impact of COVID on the food industry. COVID hit and people realized they could join a carpenter's union and labor and work just as hard as I am now, but have weekends off, have nights off, get health care. Like, so the restaurant business totally shot themselves in the foot by treating people like shit for a hundred years. What, what keeps you here? If, if there's a law of shit and really hard aspects of it why why do you come to work every day oh i mean i love it and i it i love it and i'm at the point too that i mean in all honesty i make good money we're doing good like you know i I remember i had an interview like when we were in hr and you have to do like two weeks of fucking bs you know that they do Mm -hmm. in corporate world but i was there and i remember the lady going why are you here and i remember one of the other he was another sous chef that we had gotten hired on at the same time he's like because i love it and he's like bullshit (laughs) you're here to make a paycheck I thought this was funny and so true that even when you find things monotonous and hard to stand, if the love is there, the love is there. And at the end of the day, you also do need to bring home a paycheck. Anthony and I moved on to talking about family, his kids, and what he cooks at home when he's not working. We even got into guilty pleasure foods that even he, as a renowned chef, indulges in. As chefs, we talk about stuff that we're like totally into, you know, that is like just mainstream like crap, like... I love Eggo waffles, <laughs> um, and I make awesome waffles. Like, I can make a mean waffle, right? But I do fucking love an Eggo. But that's, like, I guess food memory, right? Like, 
Reminds me of being a little kid. Uh, this time of year, um, Reese's pumpkins that are like the buttercup, right? That are it's the best like peanut butter to chocolate ratio that they make. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you so much to Chef Anthony Devotee for taking the time to talk with me today. Stay tuned for future episodes of Eat St. Louis. In the meantime, head to studlife.com to check out our current issue and other recent stories. For Student Life Media, I'm Emily Talco. Thank you.